computer. I agree. Amazing. Uh, so hello and welcome to the West Beach Challenges podcast. I uh, have a very special guest today and I'm really rubbish still at introducing people. So it's probably easier for me just to hand over to you straight away, Anna, and uh, tell me um, like who you are and why you're so wonderful. Just to give you a little bit of context, we're going to be chatting about Tribe Retreats today. And I basically feel like Anna is basically the founding member of Tribe Retreats. But yeah, Anna, tell me a little bit about you, what you're up to at the minute. Okay, I'm going to come back to you and talk about the financial rewards that I think should be a part of <laughs> of Tribe Retreats. But my name's Anna. Gosh, I feel like I'm writing a hinge profile. Um, I have been uh, friends, like proper friends, I think now, with Katie. I moved to, to Whitstable and started working out with her on the beach um, two years ago. And I have been on three of her retreats, which I think is a bit fangirly. Uh, it's certainly fiscally very irresponsible, but we're going to talk a bit about the value I've got back from that. Um, like I'm like most of your community, Katie, I'm a working mum. I'm trying to get the balance right. Uh, eating, socialising, parenting, life, job. Uh, all the balls are always in the air. Occasionally they all crash down around me. Uh, but mostly, yeah, mostly I'm okay. Amazing. And <laughs> a therapy session, isn't it? But I'm gonna <laughs> I mean, it can turn into that. That's absolutely fine. And I suppose the reason, just to give um, people a little bit of history um, behind why I call Anna the founding member, it was actually Anna's faith in in kind of me, I suppose, as a human that gave me the confidence to create this partnership with the incredible, like 380 year old, amazingly wise woman, white witch Lena and create tribe retreats because she was like, I've got loads of friends. I'll support you, like create this. If you create it, we will come. And like, literally that's what's happened. And um, I suppose it is coming up to like about a year and a half now that the first yeah. tribe retreats happened in the Pyrenees. And it was literally like Anna plus friends. Um, there were some people I didn't know but now they are my friends yeah exactly and actually that I suppose that's what we'll chat about a little bit as well but that kind of community so sort of since then tribe retreats has become this baby that Lena and I have been nurturing and I suppose what I wanted to do is it's all very well me and Lena kind of talking about the journey that we want to take women on like that we're so passionate about taking people on but it will mean so much more to kind of hear it from somebody who's been on not only one retreat but who's kind of journeyed through three retreats and I suppose to kind of understand yeah what kind of what maybe your expectations around the retreat were and obviously the the changes that have happened to you as a person maybe partly due to the work that you've been doing whilst do I suppose doing the inside work on these retreats so yeah tell me yeah tell me maybe a bit more about the first retreat experience the kind of going back because I know you would be a self-proclaimed kind of like not a yogi not someone who was interested in sitting in stillness or quiet no really anti-woo I'm quite anti-woo although I'm coming around to the woo now um for me yeah, for me, I love the sound of a retreat where I got to lift heavy stuff and get really sweaty and do the hit, which I love, which I'm good at, which I find not easy, but like it's kind of my my day to day. So I, I knew there'd be something familiar there. And so for me, the balance of that with the yoga, which I find, don't let Lena listen, I can find yoga boring, I can find yoga, I mean, it's super challenging, but I don't like being alone with my thoughts. I'm just not a yogi. 
Since yeah. our last retreat, I have done yoga a grand total of zero times. I started <laughs> yoga with AGM this year. It's August. No, it's nearly August, right? And I'm still on day five, but I am planning on doing day six tonight. So it's going to take me a year to do a month of that content. Um, and the other thing was, I just wanted to hang out with my mates. Um, I don't drink, and finding like ways to socialize and have fun with people has really changed since I quit booze. And exercising has become part of my social life. I'm a member of a running club, which I've basically turned into all my mates coming running. My mates are sick of me. So I, I basically took them all on retreat with me, which was wonderful. We had people traveling from all around the UK to come and convene on this beautiful farm in the French Pyrenees, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to hang out with my mates and do a bit of exercise and eat some really nice food and sleep well and maybe read a book. Read a book is always my aim. I did all of those things, but it's so much more, isn't it? It is so much more. So um, there was a bit of a joke on the retreat because there are a lot of women who were talking about emotional things and they were crying and I was like, Katie, I'm dead inside. I don't <laughs> Um, and then we had the cry, capital T, capital C. So on the last day, we were working on headstand. Like I can't do a headstand. I've I've never been able to do a cartwheel. I'm just not that person. But with Lena's help and support, like physical support as well, holding me in place, holding me in position, I balanced upside down on my head, um, uh, held in place, and and felt like am I allowed to swear? I felt fucking powerful. I felt really, really strong and incredible, and I felt like I could do anything. And I came back the right way up. I had a little tear in my eye. And <laughs> someone showed me a photo of what I looked like. And I just looked so not like the me I have in my head. I just looked so amazing. And I just started crying. I was quite emotional. I was like, oh, I can do this. Anyway, I did not stop crying for four hours. It was like the great cry. And with that kind of emotional unlocking, and I am not a woo person, but there came like all these revelations about how I'm really nasty to myself, how I talk to myself, how I get emotional. Just think about it, how much I hate my body, even though it can do all these amazing things, still can't do a cartwheel. Um, can you do a cartwheel focus retreat? That would be really good. Uh, it. I remember, uh, and there were a couple of other girls who did this too, we phoned our husbands and we were like, we're coming home, but like, you really needed to, to give us some peace and some time because we've been on this emotional journey and it's been, it's been really empowering and it's been a lot. And all the husbands are like, you've been away for four days, come home and put the kids to bed. And we're like, well, I don't think you're quite on the same plane as me. Anyway, we went home and there is a journey. It's like going to Glastonbury. There's a journey to settle back into real life afterwards. Um, but I made friends, I made connections. Chris, I hope you're listening um, on that, who, who are very special to me. Um, and I, you know, also spent time with the people I love. And I definitely started a journey of kind of, I mean, I, I still, oof, I don't want to go too deep, but I'm still not very nice to myself. But I definitely started a journey of seeing myself as strong and powerful and, and capable um I am such a cliche that I even got I don't know if this is on video or not but I even got a tattoo after the retreat just reminding me that I'm enough and to love myself so I've become that awful cliche who raves about retreats uh who quite likes standing on her head although I can't do it without Lena's help and went and got a tattoo I mean a bit of a retreat wanker I think but, but <laughs> it, was, it was a phenomenal experience yeah and they're not all like that I remember going on the second one and having just a really lovely time and not 
kind of getting too emotional and just doing the exercise because I felt like I was in a much better place yeah. so there's a definite journey you go on as well and I remember like noticing as well your energy like as a participant and I know I mean I hope you don't mind me showing but I know that you've done lots of work on your relationship with kind of food and body image and I know it's it's an ongoing journey like for all of us I think that's the other thing you start to understand when when you start doing this work it's not like oh and then I get to a final destination and then I rest and I'm peaceful and everything's fine like it's actually like the more you start to unpick kind of the more there is to unpick but the more interested you are in doing it because you're starting to see the benefits benefit on like every other aspect of your life but I sort of noticed that as you came on more retreats like you had a different energy around the food like you had an energy that was just calmer like I think that first retreat there was definitely like a more um sort of franticness around it and actually by like retreat two retreat three I was just noticing that you kind of just you had this sort of level of self-trust again and like a bit more intuitive with how you were feeding your body and like moving it. And just, there was some kindness and yeah. compassion. And I, I felt like, yeah, you were just, yeah, your energy has shifted and changed. Well, there's two things to note there. I think the first retreat, I was really worried I was going to be hungry. Like I like food. I like portions. I want three meals a day and probably two snacks. And a retreat with mostly plant-based food that is that is not me. I was I was nervous. But the amazing chef, Carolina, who's been on all the retreats I've been on, the food is just phenomenal. It's really good. And there is loads of it. So if that is a fear, like this is not a retreat to go on. Katie is not there to make you lose six pounds in three hours. Like that's not what this is about. That's bullshit. Um, so the food is amazing. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing, I've said this to you before, I hate that we have to do the work. I really resent it. I don't want to do the work. Yeah. I look at my husband. He doesn't have to do the work. He's perfectly happy just going along in his life, knowing who he is, <laughs> and having a nice time. Whereas I feel there are a lot more women who have to kind of dive deep into who they are and work out that evolution. And I think, I mean, I'm early 40s now, but I look around and I see a whole load of women in this midlife stage changing who they are changing what they do quitting their jobs and setting up full-time as whatever I don't even know how you describe yourself a retreater exerciser mind body life coach um just yeah I'm just amazing (laughs) put that on your LinkedIn it'll be fine um I'm trying to do similar and and I think it's this real moment of reckoning as like we can see the menopause ahead of us Um, most of us are through the having baby stage and we've got young children and it's just like we're sitting back reflecting on who we are and what we want to be and if we're not there yet we're changing it so I do hate that we have to do it and I'm quite resistant and reluctant but you're trying to teach me that it's a real privilege to get to do this and when I pay attention and listen to you um, I I do agree I can see that it's amazing to be able to pivot in midlife and do something new and amazing and I think Having the space on retreat, particularly the last one, it's four days, right? And they're really busy. If you're not exercising, you're swimming or you're in the sauna or you're eating amazing food, but there is headspace um, that you don't get at home when you're unpacking the shop and you're walking the dog and you're buying new football boots. And, you know, those are all things I've done this morning. There's busy, busy things that you have to do that don't let your mind kind of stop and rest. It's that mental load. So leaving the mental load behind for a bit I think is really powerful because it allows your brain to think what else is out there. Yeah. 
I think it's, yeah, it's giving you that perspective on your own life as well. Cause yeah, you're right. It's, I mean, particularly for the women that I think we tend to attract on the retreats as well. Like they, they never just have to get themselves up in the morning and just be like, well, what do I want for me today? Like it's always kind of crowded. And I think just females in general are very good at like, even if you're not a mum, but we're very like people pleasy and we're not very good at giving ourselves permission to kind of take intentional rest and it's always like, well, more is more and this like perpetual forward motion. And sometimes you don't even know how or, or where you want your life to go. So you stop living intentionally. And I think there is something quite magic. There's probably like no surprise that most of the women that do come again tend to be kind of in that stage of life where you're suddenly like, you know, thinking about that kind of hormonal change and that like next stage in life. And you're suddenly like, shit like this, you know, where I am, this body, this place, like, this is where I am going to live for the rest of my life. And I have to start making this the best home possible. And I think Lena and I are so passionate about taking women on that journey of coming home to themselves, because I think because of social media, because of the pressures, because of like this expectation in the world, like we're never really feeling like enough. So we're always kind of like chasing, like maybe a previous identity that we had or clinging on to old ones. And we're never practicing that kind of fluidity and that ability to kind of shift and flow and be more like water and kind of be open to other possibilities because we've just sort of been stuck in this kind of survival box and when you come away on retreat and you actually start thinking how do I want to live like my one precious and only life in this vessel that I've been given not another vessel not one that I've seen on Instagram that I would quite like to live in so I'm going to strive for that because actually that noise is just noise and it's just distraction and what it prevents you from doing is that stepping back inside and being embodied and being like much more autonomous and much more like I'm going to create the change that I want to see because I can't rely on other people to create that change for me because actually you know everybody in the world just needs to become much more interested in this journey of falling in love with themselves and finding out who what the best version of themselves looks like right now and again I know on retreat there's that massive kind of piece of work and I think more and more so the more Lena and I work together about having um this kind of idea of impermanence so just trying to be like because the more you go through life you do kind of like start to hark back don't you and you think about your 20 year old self and your 30 year old self and then you start to think oh actually like about your 50 year old self and your 60 and it's this idea that nothing's permanent and everything will change and the best way to equip yourself to deal with it is by getting to know yourself, really getting to know yourself, not like, oh, I'm Anna and I quite like decaf coffee and I'm, you know, quite like chocolate and I like exercise. It's like, nah, like park that, like that's not who you are and really kind of getting, and I think that's why it's uncomfortable sometimes. It's really uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable, um, but it does lead to great things. So, you know, Katie, that, um, on the first day of the last retreat, I was like, wow, I'm four years sober and I, I can help other women do this. So I'm setting up as a sobriety coach. So whether or not it will be my full time job in five years time, which is the dream, um, it doesn't matter because I'm doing something that gives me real purpose. I'm doing yeah. something. My day job is is great. I work for brilliant for and with brilliant people, but I'm making someone else's passion come true. This is about my passion. This is about something I really believe in. And I also think I can kind of be the face of someone who was a big boozer 
um, a really big boozer. But now I live just such a really lovely, brilliant, full, exciting life. And I can still be first on the dance floor without, yeah. which is amazing. And it's very zeitgeisty as well. All the cool kids are giving up booze. You know, if Kate Moss doesn't drink anymore, um, you know, we can all do it. But yeah, and that for me was part of doing the work, realising that I need that kind of fulfilment piece in my life. Now, that's not true for everybody. Yeah. And maybe there's something else you need to do. Um, but that for me was was really important and it also gave me the space to think about what's really important to me and I find that on retreat I think really fondly about my husband and my children which I don't always feel and I think it's because you have that space to recognize what's really important to you and so I always come home and squeeze them extra tight until they go on to annoy me which obviously takes me a minute but that that prioritization that time for your subconscious to just remind you you're enough you're doing a really good job here's what's really important and here's what you need to focus on moving forward that is really empowering and obviously there's a privilege that comes with being able to afford to go on retreat and spend time with these beautiful women in beautiful places um and and I do recognize that but you know even if you can't do that think about what other ways you can bring that into your life and maybe the retreat is the longer term goal Yeah, 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 definitely. A hundred percent. I really agree with that. I also think there's sometimes, and again, it's, it's about that value, isn't it? And I was actually having a chat with, uh, only chat with awesome humans earlier, but sometimes there can feel like that conflict and we'd probably spend the money on somebody else, but we struggle to spend the money on ourselves. But again, when you kind of step out of that and you start thinking, right, so I get one chance on this planet one body to live in, one head and kind of internal narrative and chatter to to listen to. If I could spend like whatever money, like again, there's many ways, it doesn't have to be a retreat, but spend some money on myself to improve that space that I live, that space where literally I wake up in the morning and, you know, I get to like influence the thoughts that are going on in my head and I get to influence how I talk to myself and, you know, do that piece of work. Like that is going to change. And I think that's it. It's like that ripple effect, like doing this work on yourself can feel really selfish. It can feel really privileged. It can feel, you know, like, you shouldn't do it because, you know, maybe you should really be investing in a new sofa, but it's like, it's not your sofa. Like it's literally the the thing that you have to use to interact with every other human that comes into your world. It's how you turn up as a colleague at work. It's how you turn up as a friend. Like it's how you turn up as a partner, as a parent, maybe like it's, it's going to have just such a wide, wide impact on every single aspect of your life when you start doing the inside work and I I mean I wasn't I'm like you Anna I wasn't into the inside work. no you've been on your own journey Katie I, I've been on a real journey and I think it's giving yourself permission to actually think that there could be dimensions of yourself that you haven't yet been open to and that kind of like softening like I remember meeting Lena she took seven days to crack me so I was harder than you it was only on the seventh day of doing yoga with Lena and she had told me that people sometimes cried in yoga and I was like yeah whatever whatever but actually the feeling that I experienced we were just doing like a yin pose and again she talked about the fact that if I opened up my hips there's lots of trauma and things that sometimes we hold in these spaces and by holding these longer poses and obviously she's doing her magic dance I mean she is a witch so she's kind of like running around with like little tinkly bells that made me think of ice cream vans and things and just suddenly it was like a lifting it was like a like a like a literal weight felt like it was being lifted off my shoulders and my eyes just started 
weeping basically but it wasn't like a boohoo weep it was just like a release and it was exactly what she said and I couldn't quite believe it and I suppose for me then it's just been this this journey of being much more interested in not only my own journey but enabling and encouraging women to take the time to kind of find out what they want to do with their one unique precious life and coming I I feel like this journey of coming home to your body as well is so like when you talked about that headstand it kind of gave me like goose pimples because we're so busy living not inside our bodies we're so busy like looking at them pulling them apart thinking about what they maybe they used to do they don't do it anymore like you know being discontent and being really dissatisfied and again kind of like wasting all of that creative energy and I think it's amazing the journey you've been on because I do feel like once you start kind of dealing with that shit we'll swear on this podcast so once you start like really dealing with it and kind of noticing that all that noise and that drive to live in the possible smallest version of yourself is just basically probably the patriarchy kind of keeping you busy 100% and yeah if you haven't watched the barbie movie go and watch it because basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to wait until you're in your 70s for you to realize what a load of bullshit you've been given and by then it's too late for you to share your creative energy with the world and like I think it was really interesting on the last retreat that we were on like every day Anna kind of came to the table with a new career and passion <laughs> today I'm going to be space barbie I'm gonna be but, but it's all about I mean it's you're, like you said it's impermanence isn't it and I was just like look I need I need something else in my life my very busy life I've got no bloody time let's put some more in it and I think it's Definitely gives you the space to think about it and it opens doors. I mean, I think it's worth saying as well, it's not all about the, I mean, we're not just a load of women sitting around crying because Lena's played Tinkly Bells. We're having a really great time. We're eating really nice foods. We're jumping in the swimming pool with no clothes on. We are making new friends. Sauna, sauna karaoke. Sauna, karaoke. I read whole books, like that's amazing. Um, so there is, there is more to it than just, crying over Lena um but that is a really massive part of it and I think um yeah I did come each day to the breakfast with like today I'm going to do this job but but having the time to kind of think about that and be like no I don't want to do that and what am I looking for and what do I want and what makes me happy what am I really good at and I'm really good at people and connections and 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 helping people so actually if I can do that Hopefully I can make money out of it. But if I can't, even now I've got um, five clients and I'm helping them make their lives a little bit better each day. Which it's really, yeah, amazing. and I think, I think that the Anna that first like came on retreat and the headspace you were in, there was still a lot of your power leaks happening. And I feel like you have patched up so many of your power leaks and you're continuing to find them and work on them and do the work because you're amazing at that now and it isn't easy and it's messy and it's imperfect and sometimes it goes backwards and forwards etc but I feel like the fact that so much less of your brilliance is consumed with that kind of negativity and that thought I still remember us being in the hot tub and you just being like I'm exhausted by doing the real work I don't want to do the work I still don't want to do it I'm still really resistant I still just want to look like Kate Moss and not have to do any work to achieve it and like I'm never going to look like Kate Moss I'm big I'm strong like my skeleton is bigger than Kate Moss's skeleton but um like that's physically impossible I could at least choose someone who I could maybe strive but no I haven't done that but but I hate doing the work, but actually the work is opening doors and making me 
happier. Yeah. And a lot of people did the work before, but I definitely didn't. And then there was no time and no space. I've got two young children. I moved out of London, you know, had so much going on. Damn it, I better do the work now. <laughs> but it's it's a journey of it. I think that's why you keep revisiting and obviously keep coming back on retreats. Like Anna's actually coming back in November. <laughs> that's the UK retreat. Well, I'm, I'm coming back to that because I'm a massive fan of Fleetwood Mac as well. So I think- okay, perfect. If anyone's- <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever brings you to Katie's retreats, that's fine. But I would say if you're curious, like be open to it um and and if you're not curious and you're like oh it still sounds awful I mean maybe maybe it's not for you maybe you need to open your mind a little bit to that but I think I hate sorry Lena yoga um I don't want to be in touch with my emotions I just want to lift heavy things and get sweaty but even with that kind of attitude and mindset I took loads out of this as yeah. you know which is why yeah. I'm here and I, uh, I think like partly as well, I suppose the thing about retreats, I'm always like, people are always like, almost a bit like, well, what do we get? Like, what's the schedule? And I'm like, I suppose it's not even, it's never about the fitness and it's not about the yin yoga and it's not even about the ceremonies. It's kind of, I don't know, what would you say it's about? Because I don't think, like, I feel like the magic is actually what happens with the community and the people. Definitely the community. Well, that's why you're called tribe, right? It's the tribe and the people I have been in that space with who are either friends before or are friends now there is a unique connection to them it's it's like you're you're kind of the friends you make when you're a new mom you're going through the same thing together so you're glued together yeah. but it's like that but better because those friends I don't think I'm friends with them anymore but it's it's just it connects you to people who are trying to achieve the same things as you and you meet new people and you do new things and do you know what? I'm 43. I could sit back and like do the same things every week for the rest of my life, but I don't want to do that. So I want to challenge myself and I want to do these new things. And so does the community. So do the people on, on these retreats. Yeah. And I have been on a non-Katie and Lena retreat and it was great. I really liked it, but there was magic missing. Maybe it was Lena's bell. So I, I do think, I do, and I've said this to you before, I think you've made something really special. I think the people you have going with you are really special. You know, there's um, that the Carolina, the chef, she, she, she embraces that same mindset. It is a unique experience. Um, if you're looking for what you get out of it, you get a ton of exercise, the lifting, the heavy stuff. You'll challenge yourself in yoga, but in a good way. You might get to dance to some kind of hippie music as the sun sets on a beautiful terrace. You'll sit in a hot tub. Um, you'll eat amazing food. I think what you get is pretty amazing. Yeah, I think it is that, yeah, what you get is that permission to think about yourself and what you want for you. And I think for so many women, like it's, we're just always kind of like at the bottom of the list and we always get missed, missed. So yeah, I think it's incredible. I kind of want to end actually, Anna, by just kind of, because I think it's really interesting that you have decided to kind of go into this sphere of coaching as well. And it's the impact that you want to create in the world. And I don't know, tell me a little bit kind of, Tell me like a little bit more about your journey into wanting to do this piece of work with women. Cause I do think it's really interesting. And I would say kind of like, I've coached like hundreds of women now and actually the relationship with booze can often be like really pivotal. It can be sticky for women. It can be like, I was actually chatting with a woman earlier before. And again, like having stuck narratives around, well, I'm in this kind of career, I have to drink or like, I can't socialize without drink. And I know lots of women here 
will be really interested in the journey you're now feeling um, that you want to kind of, you know, take women on to kind of improve this relationship or, you know, rewrite this relationship. And this whole theme of identity change is huge. So tell me more. Okay, interesting. So I always, I, I never want to be preachy about this. I haven't drunk for four years and it really works well for me. Like alcohol, it's a toxin, it's a depressant, it makes you anxious. But for some people, they're willing to take that because of what else it, it gives them. It did not work that way for me. It took away so much more than it gave. And it just made me feel shit. It made me be a shit wife. It made me be an inattentive and short-tempered mum. I'd wake up at 3am, I'd hate myself. And, you know, I don't need any help with that. Um, and I'd just kind of stare at the ceiling, wondering about the choices I'd made. It made me feel shit in my body. I spent a ton of money um, on booze, on, you know, taxis and all, all that kind of side of things. And, and I have at times got myself into tricky situations that I probably shouldn't be in on the booze and it just wasn't serving me in the way I wanted to I remember it was a bank holiday Monday and I was coming back from a very boozy weekend off the back of a very boozy month at work because I too had a job that um I worked in in, in media booze was free flowing and was literally free I didn't have to pay for it and I just knew I couldn't make it to Friday if I had a drink and so I thought, I'm not going to drink till Friday. And that was quite a big deal, right? Monday to Friday, that was massive for me. Um, and I didn't know if I could do it, but I did do it. And then I thought, I'll just do the weekend. Do you know what? I'll do to the end of the month. Do you know what? I'm going to do 100 days. There's some magic about 100 days of sobriety. And never, ever, ever did I think I was quitting forever. And until quite recently, the thought of never having an ice cold glass of Chablis on a, you know, Chablis, what a wanker, but like really nice wine, um, just it made me feel really sad. And I just do not feel sad at all now, at all. Aside from the physical benefits, I mean, alcohol is linked to 200 diseases, seven different kinds of cancer, but park all that because that, that information's all out there. You can find that. You don't need me to find that. But apart from all that, a life without alcohol for me is a life free of anxiety. It's a life where I can be fully, I don't want to use the word present because it's so woo, but like I am fully present with my kids. Um, I can embrace this um, new career. I've also got into like new hobbies. I've started roller derby, which is like rugby on roller skates without a ball. It's amazing. Like I'm doing new things. I'm being really brave. And I could have done none of this in, if I still had alcohol in my life. Yeah. So to be able to offer what I think is a massive gift to other people um, makes me really excited. And I wasn't even sure it was a thing until I posted on my personal Instagram, which has now become my work Instagram and the Sudbury Sober. I posted saying... You know, is there anyone out there who's sober curious or is who quit and wants to talk about why? And so many people, like people I haven't spoken to since school, so many people message me going, I really struggle with my relationship with alcohol. Yeah, I yeah, really yeah. want to quit, but I can't. And I'm like, oh my God, of course you can. Um, if I can, you can. Um, or um, my relationship with alcohol is making me a really shit mom and I don't want to be that mom. And but I'm worried because I've got a summer wedding or I'm going on holiday or it's an all-inclusive. And, yeah. and there will always be a reason to keep drinking. Yeah. There will always be a celebration or a commiseration or a hard day at work or a good day at work. There will always be a reason to have a drink. Yeah. Um, but if you are sober curious 
you know, even within a week of quitting alcohol, your skin lightens, you sleep better. Within two weeks, some people report weight loss. It didn't happen for me. So that Kate Moss body never got any closer with quitting the booze. But that wasn't why I did it. Um, within a month, your liver's returned to normal function. It's so good for your brain. There are so many benefits. Um, and the physical ones, again, they're all out there on the internet. But the, the, the kind of emotional and kind of your state of mind for me it was absolutely transformational and my only regret is I wish I'd done it sooner I wish I'd done it sooner yeah amazing I, I think I think there'll be lots of people listening who are interested in like maybe reaching out and chatting to you so mention your handle again and I'll pop it in the notes Thank you. It's Anna Sudbury Sober, all kind of squished together. I'm really happy to do kind of free intro calls, discovery calls, just have a chat. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, and if you're not brave enough to, to to reach out to someone like me, or if you're still kind of swaying, just go to the library and borrow a Quitlet book. Like read Rachel's Holiday by Marion Keys, which isn't even Quitlet. It's just a really good piece of fiction about alcoholism. Um, read Catherine Gray. You don't yeah. have to be an alcoholic. You don't have to hit rock bottom. You don't need to be lying in the gutter with three teeth missing to quit alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can just be a bit done with it and then you can move on to a different sort of life. I think it, yeah. And it's just about, it's exactly the same, like with the work that I do with women. Like, it's just imagining a different kind of identity for yourself, isn't it? And just kind of letting go of things that don't serve you. And for so many, because obviously I'm on the end of so many like different coaching calls. And so frequently, the thing that's keeping women stuck is this kind of relationship with booze that they kind of have like a stuck narrative about how it serves them. And then they start kind of doing like, we start doing the work together. And it's like, well, actually, like on no level, like particularly when we reach our 40s, for some strange reason, we don't like appear to have the same methylation pathways. And suddenly it's like, well, I just can't drink anymore. Like, it's not even a choice. Like lots of women I chat to, they're like, not even being like a massive purposeful choice, but it just doesn't agree with me. It's like, I'm allergic. And obviously like you and I kind of know, I mean, I'm not saying like I'm, I haven't not drunk for four years, but I've definitely rewritten my relationship with it. And I think it's really powerful, but I feel we've spoken a lot today. Which is amazing. <laughs> Thank you for my free therapy session. I've been absolutely fine anytime. And I think hopefully just like, if you're a bit curious about like retreats, like if you don't really identify as pers a person who would take themselves on a yoga retreat or feel that they kind of can give themselves permission to kind of take themselves out of the real world. I mean, most people and actually one participant in particular, when she got home to her husband, her husband actually was like, when can you go again? Yeah. She came back as such a kind of transformed person with just like a bigger capacity for her own life that made everything improve. And he was like, literally like, can we sign you up to go again? So yeah, well, people are desperate for me to go to Bali, but I think that's more about having control of the telly and letting the kids watch it. <laughs> well, there's always a space for you, Anna. And um, I mean, mm. in Barcelona, you're not coming and I'm not sure it'll be the same without you. So I'm of glad it won't be. of course it won't be, but it'll be magic in its own way. They all are. But yeah, thank you for sharing that experience. I think that's absolutely uh, golden. And um, I will see you very soon and hopefully dog walk with you so we can just carry on the session, but just not- Yeah, yeah, you. more therapy with Sprocket and Rocky. Therapy right. with Sprocket and Rocky, that could be your next podcast idea. We should definitely really? do that. That would be amazing. But thank you for your time. I really appreciate it because I know you're busy. And um, yeah, don't hesitate to reach out to Anna. I think it's a really exciting journey. And I think apart from me working on my relationship with food and my body image, I think the next most powerful piece of work I've done that's had the most meaningful impact on my life is my relationship with alcohol. So yeah, definitely. I'm always encouraging women to 
uh, definitely do like that 30 day experiment as well and get really curious about your belly and actually working out whether they're true. Anyway, we could speak forever and um, I'm going to stop recording. Thank you, darling. Mwah.